Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. My name is Chris. Um, the Braves are really good. Georgia, we're the reigning national champions. I mean, it's just like hope springs eternal in the fall, uh, unless you're an Auburn fan or tech fan, but even there, right? Like we're all undefeated at the moment. So God help us all. Um, so glad to be with you. Um, so glad to be in the house of God today. I'm looking forward to next Sunday, uh, this team time. If you are a volunteer, a, a, a servant on one of those teams that Brad just mentioned, or if you want to get more connected into helping uh, the life of the church move forward, we're going to be gathering at 4.30 on Sunday, and I'm just really looking forward to spending time with you all. So uh, a month ago, a robin um, built a nest on, on our front porch, and we have these columns on our front porch with a little ledge, and the robin, we watched the robin over the course of a few days build this nest and uh, lay four eggs and then have four little baby birds, and it was this amazing um, front row seat. My wife and I would find ourselves like every, um, every morning just sort of standing there with our coffee looking out the window at these little birds and we watched them uh, on, on the same day, actually, jump out of the nest, like leave the nest and hop around on the front porch and then sort of hop into the yard and then start to fly. Uh, and then on um, just last week, we moved our last kid uh, into his dorm room, college. So it's like this front row symbol of like, wow, this is that whole empty nest thing. Like, that's actually what it means. Um, so if I just break down crying at some point, like it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going through like empty nester situations, uh, my wife and I together. Um, yeah, I hope it, it, when you go through that, I hope God gives you a, a Robin to, to help illustrate it. <laughs> Fascinating. Just to, like that, this is what happens. I, I think this is the way it works. So if you have your Bibles turned to Hebrews 12, um, I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. Uh, the Lord has really been um, really been working in me and on me. Uh, in some ways, this text is a kind of manifestation, I think, of uh, a big work. And I think that for you, we're going to hear uh, the Holy Spirit through our brother Paul. Uh, this is a really, I think, important thing for us. It feels like a very timely word, and I hope it is for, for you as well. Paul says, you have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they couldn't endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of what is shaken. That is created things so that that which cannot be shaken 
may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Father, we ask you to help us to hear uh, what the Lord is saying through our brother St. Paul. We pray, God, that we would hear, Holy Spirit, your word to us. God, that you would help us to press through the intimidating nature sometimes of Paul's writing. God, the, the places where we're tempted to just sort of go lots of religious words, don't know what they mean. God, help us to, to slow down today and hear what you would say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I know what happens when, when we read a passage like that, and this happens sometimes with Paul. Uh, lot, lots of Christians say they love Paul, but then they have a really hard time. Um, if I had a quarter for every group, specifically of guys who were like, we're going to do a Bible study on the book of Romans, and then they quit after like five minutes, I would have lots of quarters. Uh, people who spend a lot of time in the church um, want to say that they love Paul, but then we get intimidated sometimes by Paul, especially, you know, when that dude would get on a roll, he'd write like 100 word sentences. And so what happens when we read texts like this is that we don't oftentimes know what to do with them. When you get specifically to one like this, where there's all this talk about like things shaking and only unshakable stuff is going to remain. Like we think, wait a minute, God, like I want you to say some nice stuff to me right now, like comfort me. We don't always love the challenging word that, that sometimes we see in, in the Bible. I, I think today there is a real invitation for us to hear what the Lord is saying to us through our brother St. Paul. I believe this is a very, very timely word. Um, and so what I want you to do is to try your very best to listen with uh, fresh ears, with fresh perspective. Um, I think that there is an invitation for us to see uh, shaking in a new way. And I want to say this at the very beginning. Um, what we're going to look at here is uh, that one day, if you belong to Jesus, what Paul is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying through Paul is that if you belong to Jesus, you belong to an unshakable kingdom and that one day you will be unshakable as a member of his kingdom. What he's also inviting us to recognize is that there's a lot going on inside of us that feels pretty shakable. So there's this process where the Lord is saying, one day you will be unshakably part of an unshakable kingdom. Therefore, welcome the small shakings of your life as a kind of a rehearsal for what will one day inevitably be true of you if you belong to Jesus, which means there's not going to be anything shakable left. So I think the Lord is asking us today to look at our current circumstances in light of where our story is headed. And the story ultimately is headed toward the fact that you're going to be unshakably part of an unshakable kingdom. But we've got, I think, some things we need to listen to and hear before we get there. The first thing that we see in this passage is this invitation to listen. Uh, the Lord is saying we must listen. And this goes all the way back into the Old Testament. And Paul essentially references here uh, a tendency that goes back into the people of God, which is to not know how to listen. And so to send someone to go listen for them, and then that person come back and tell them what they need to know. So in the Old Testament, it was like, Moses, you go up into that scary place. Hear God, come down and tell us what he says. And we could blame those people for being lazy, or we could blame them for being afraid, or we could recognize that maybe they didn't think they could hear, 
and put it into practice. So they wanted an expert to do it for them, to help them digest the word of God. What Paul here is saying by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that we need to re-up in our commitment to believe that we are called to listen to God. Your ears, my ears were made to hear what God would say to us, not to delegate that responsibility solely to someone else. I believe that for many of us, it's not just laziness that keeps us from learning how to listen. Um, I think that we don't believe sometimes that we can or that we have the capability or we believe that our stuff, our sin would keep us from being able to grow in our ability to listen. So the first thing that I think we are invited to receive in a passage like this is an invitation for us to begin to say, God would you begin to calibrate my ears to hear what you would be saying to me? You were made to hear the voice of God. Jesus says in the gospel, my sheep know my voice and the voice of another they will not follow. Um, if, a, if a lamb who's not the most intelligent creature on God's green earth can respond to the voice of a shepherd, then we, then I, you, we can hear and learn how to receive the voice in the word of God. I believe that the Lord wants you to be more and more attentive. We're living in a world where we're distracted, we're sad, we're stressed out, and all of that works if we're not careful to dull our ears and our ability to learn to listen and hear the Lord. And so there is this invitation to listen. The second thing that I think we're meant to welcome is to welcome shaking. And this is where we don't want to hear uh, what Paul would be saying. The second movement in this passage is to welcome shaking. Jews understood that shaking meant God was near. So we see a couple of things, shaking the earth. Uh, there's a passage I'm going to read to you from Exodus 19. We're going to slow down a little and we're going to do a little Jewish understanding of shaking. Exodus 19, verse 18, now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain shook violently. Throughout the Old Testament, shaking, earthquake, signaled the coming day of God. In Haggai 2, the prophet says this, once again, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will fill all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, declares Yahweh of hosts. The Jews had a grid for shaking. They understood in their sacred text that when God came near, temporal things, things like mountains, nations, started to shake. And what Paul is doing here is he's trying to get us to think like these Jews. He's trying to get us to recognize that in our own lives, when temporal things start to shake, when the mountains of our lives start to shake, that that is an indication that God might be coming near and wanting secondary things to begin to fall away. What Paul is getting at here, I think, is a very, very a grown-up idea. When he says everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which is unshakable will remain, what he's saying is really connected to what the Bishop N.T. Wright says when he says part of his plan is to take his creation by the scruff of the neck and make it at last what he always intended that it would be. 
So what does shaking look like? I think all of us in one way or another over the last three years could probably write a book about what shaking looks like for us. N.T. Wright again says this, everything transient, temporary, secondary, and second rate must fall away. I'm going to say that again. Everything transient, temporary, secondary, and second rate must fall away. So when the circumstances of life begin to shake and secondary things, transient things, disordered or or wrongly ordered or wrongly sized loves and affections and values that weigh us down, when we start to feel that shaking, I believe that we need to first look up and say, God, are you nearby and allowing me to recognize that there is some stuff in my life that is ultimately going to be shaken away. Remember, Paul says, if you belong to me, Jesus would say, one day all that stuff is going to be gone and only unshakable will remain So what does it look like in the here and now when we find transient, secondary things of second order nature shaking in our lives? I believe this is a rehearsal. Today is a rehearsal of what will fundamentally ultimately be true, which is that you will be an unshakable member of an unshakable kingdom. But we've got to learn to welcome the shaking. The little shakings of life are a rehearsal for the big shaking of God where he will one day remove all the things that hold us back from being the kinds of people that we really want to be. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So where is there shaking happening in your life right now? Where are there things that feel like they are clunking? They're hemorrhaging a little bit. I drive an old Jeep and when you get it to a certain speed starts to shake and it's usually a sign to pay attention where is there some shaking happening in your life the third thing that i think the lord through paul wants us to see is that when the shaking happens that flimsy things inside of us will be removed there is a day coming for you if you belong to jesus where flimsy things inside you will be removed they'll be gone Today, there are invitations to recognize the flimsy things when they start to shake, when they start to quake, and begin to be more open-handed about letting them go. Last week, we talked about the things that weigh us down, right? Like values that grow too big, that grow too heavy, even good things that get outsized and that they weigh us down from walking the walk. Archbishop Emmanuel Colini, who was the Archbishop of Rwanda in the aftermath of the genocide, he's preached in this pulpit. We've shared meals with him in our home. He once said to me, he said, Chris, our appetites and our desires make wonderful servants, but terrifying masters. When a good thing becomes too big, it becomes a bad thing and it weighs us down. And there are things in our lives right now that have probably become too big and they're flimsy. They're second order, second rate, they're temporal. And there is an invitation when we hit the crises of life to begin to recognize there's flimsy stuff inside me that God is wanting to remove. One day it'll all be gone. The more open-handed we are with the flimsy parts of ourselves now, the more we're able to grow into the kinds of people that God wants us to be. And I believe that for each and every one of us, there is this opportunity for us to recognize that he is doing a work in us to make us less attached to the flimsy things that we drag through life. 
Where are you carrying some flimsy stuff? Where are you weighed down and distracted? Where do you experience less harmony than you should because of some flimsy parts of you, some temporal or second-rate parts of you that you have believed? And this isn't always just like obvious wickedness. One of the areas for me where the Lord has really put his hand on saying this is a flimsy thing is a belief that I had from early on that told me that intensity equals intimacy and meaning, that you got to burn bright and burn hot all the time. And what I realized is that that's worn some people out, including myself. So do you see, that's a, that's a thing that the Lord is saying, I want you to let that go and just learn to relax. Now, I know myself to know I'll always be a little bit intense. Like that's just kind of who I am, but it doesn't have to define completely who I am. It's a temporal second rate thing that the Lord is saying, I want you to relax. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I do know that if we drag the flimsy parts of us into all of our life, into all of our relationships, we will ultimately wear ourselves and the people out around us. And there's grown up discernment here to say one day God's gonna deal with that, but he might be putting his finger on some of it right now. How can you live today in light of where your story's headed? I think that's what Paul is trying to get us to look at. He's trying to get us to open up our eyes and look out on the horizon and say, Lord, you're leading me somewhere. How do I live into that future here and now? One day the flimsy things inside you will be removed. I remember many years ago I went through a kind of crisis of, of life, a crisis of faith. And I thought I was losing my faith. This was about 20 years ago. And it was problematic because I was a youth pastor at the time in England. And um, it's not good when you have to get up every morning and preach or every Sunday and preach to teenagers and you think you may be losing your faith. Um, I was in a kind of great shaking. And, uh, you know, that idea of like everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And sometimes we're a little discouraged because it feels like lots of our lives can be shaken. <laughs> and I remember having a moment where I thought, when this is over, will anything be left? Am I, am I not going to be Christian? This time, going through a shake, and I, I didn't go to that place because I recognize God takes this gracious approach to us and allows sometimes circumstances in life to shake out false belief and things we believe that are not helping us be the kinds of people he wants us to be. And there's something real in the middle of all of that. Y'all, it is really popular right now to talk about deconstruction. We deconstruct this, we deconstruct that. And there is a real power to letting things go. But I want to tell you, God wants to rebuild something unshakable. You can't leave it at deconstruction and be the person that you're meant to be. But you do have to watch everything that can be shaken, be shaken. While recognizing that God's vision for us is to build something unshakable out of the ruins of the stuff we let go of. You are a member, if you belong to Jesus, of an unshakable kingdom. But you, like me, have very shakable things at play in our lives. And that flimsy stuff is something that God is putting his finger on in us. In order to be authentically, robustly Christian, we're going to have to travel lighter in the days and years to come. We're going to have to be the kinds of people who are willing to let things go so that we can walk the long walk. 
The next thing that Paul is helping us see here is that when the shakings of life happen, that which is ultimately unshakable will in fact remain. This reminds me and it takes me to this beautiful, um, this beautiful image in C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, where uh, there are people, it's, it's, I think it's my favorite Lewis book. It's you know, 120 pages. You could read it in a couple of days. Uh, it's a parable of moving further into God's country and the people who start out uh, the grass, the realness of God's world is so real that it hurts their feet. They can't walk on the grass. It's like walking on or stepping on diamonds and they, they feel like shadows or ghosts compared to what's really real. And they want to get back on the bus and go back home. And one of the angels says to them, if you carry on and press through that discomfort, you will become more and more substantial and you will be able to bend the blades of grass in God's country. That's what letting go of the flimsy stuff does for us. It makes us more substantial. God's best for you and me is to be able to ultimately bend the great blades of grass in his country, to be people of deep and true substance. But that means we have to let go of stuff that hinders us. We said this a few weeks ago. For many of us, something flimsy is turning to the religion of the left or the religion of the right instead of learning to think and live and be authentically Christian. We turn to so many things that are just shadows of that which is ultimately real and true. You are a part of an unshakable kingdom and that with regard to the unshakable nature of God and what he's put inside of us that are seeds of the kingdom that's going to remain. But we're going to be invited to wave goodbye to lots of things. Crisis is a revealer. Crisis is a winnower, a pruner. And I believe that one of the things the Lord wants us to do is to learn how to welcome the pruning. Like learn how to let it come and see the shaking, what it reveals. So what is the shaking of your life? Not getting what you want, not getting what you hoped for. What is it revealing in you? It's a question I'm asking myself all the time. It's like, what is this season in life revealing? And what am I meant to let go of? How am I meant to grow? That's what the Lord wants us to be asking. Here's the last thing that I think Paul invites us to consider is that we're invited to give thanks because the kingdom of God is unshakable. He invites us to be people who offer thanks even in the midst of disorientation, because of where your story is headed. Your story is moving in an unshakable, beautiful, powerful direction. That's God's plan. That's what he's going to do for those of you who belong to him. Therefore, it reframes or can reframe our own understanding of what we experience in the here and now. And one of the things that Paul suggests is that we can then therefore give Thanks, not because life is easy, not because we always get what we want, but because we're a part of something that is way, way bigger than us. You're a part of an unshakable kingdom. And the Lord wants you to be the kind of person who says yes, even when you don't feel like you're in control. So here's what I want to ask us to consider before we come to the communion table. What is shaking in your life right now? Where do you feel out of control? And how might God be inviting you to respond to this shaking? I think it's really important for us to name those places. Where is there shaking at play? And how might God invite me to respond to this shaking? 
So we're going to spend just a few moments in silence with some time for reflection. And then we're going to move toward the communion table together. But I want you to do your very best to begin a reflection around the shaking in your life. And you may not, most likely will not finish that reflective space in the next couple of minutes. So you may want to take a picture of this question and hold it through the week and really ask the question, where is there shaking? And is God at work in that shaking? So let's be still for just for a few moments and then we'll move toward this communion table together. We're able to stand together as we prepare for communion.